what's up? This is Juliette, and you're listening to Broken Girl Unchained Podcast. And today I have my lovely and dear friend and director of Shepherd's Gate, Billy. Hey, Juliette. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, director of the Shepherd's Gate film. Film, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> thankfully, well, no, I, I don't want to you know, say I'm the director of Shepherd's Gate, the shelter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified to do that job. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. No, yeah, that's definitely not the area of expertise. <laughs> no, running a women's shelter is a whole different ball game than <laughs> making movies and videos. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So I've been trying to get you on my show and um, you were in production with uh, Shepherd's Gate, the film. Yeah. And um, I had a private screening that you allowed me to have. Yeah. And um, I just want to thank you very much for um, giving me that opportunity. Opportunity. Sorry, I couldn't say that. <laughs> opportunity as well as trusting me <laughs> with such sensitive information like that. <laughs> oh, totally. I, you know, I don't I, I don't know if I want to, you know, say it's super sensitive. It's just that whenever you have a film that's going through festival submission, like when you're submitting it to festivals like Sundance or Tribeca or anything like that, there's just certain rules. Like cause if, right. you, if you if you make it sound like it's being distributed online, mm -hmm. then they're like, well, why would we show your film if people just watch it online? But, you know, if I if I provide it to people privately, that's fine. We had a private screening um uh, back uh, in uh november, november. it was mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. It, was pretty, it was pretty fun and it people was. enjoyed it so yeah. i hope you hope you enjoyed it as well yeah absolutely um and it it, it you, the film falls perfectly into uh, my project yeah and it yeah. is the women's empowerment project which we're having yes. the women's empowerment launch party at the palladium yes. so um here in Modesto. And um, so I thought it would be a perfect combination of women empowerment, you know, yeah. and just being empowered in general. Totally. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. I know you, but let's yeah. tell our, our listeners and. Yeah, it's well. Obviously, I am not a woman myself, and but I <laughs> am all for the women's <laughs> empowerment thing, or, or or else I wouldn't have made the film. Um, and I think that what's really great is that when I decided to make the film, I got a little nervous that you know, what if what if people are going to say like, wait a minute, this is a movie about women's empowerment and women in film and a women's shelter, but you're a white middle class Christian straight male. You know, what's that all about? And thankfully that hasn't, I haven't received that criticism yet. Um, but, um, you know, cause I'm all about the idea of getting more women behind the camera. Right. Um, and I actually did go to film school at the, the university of Southern California. And, um, to give you a little bit of my background, like you asked, um, the reason why I went there, um, cause of course we're in Modesto right now. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of George Lucas cause mm -hmm. you know, I'm a star Wars nerd, like so many filmmakers are. <laughs> and, uh, so George Lucas happened to grow up in Modesto mm -hmm. and, um, his film American graffiti was based on his life experiences in Modesto. So and, is but that I one was, of your favorite? It is. Oh, in really? fact, I watched it 20,000 times when I was in film school. I wrote a paper on it. Really? And they actually filmed the film in my hometown of Petaluma really? while it took place in Modesto. And um, so I was trying to follow in George Lucas's footsteps um, going to USC film school because 
when I was in high school, I decided I wanted to do filmmaking because I used to make videos with my with my buddies. That's what we that's what we were always doing instead of partying and and getting in trouble. You know, I was I was super dorky. I didn't even start drinking alcohol until I until I turned twenty one. So <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, um, you know, to to kind of hearken it back to the women in film thing, I will say there were not a lot of girls that I knew that were interested in in filmmaking. Um, but that all changed once I got to film school and, you know, I, I, I actually thought the idea of more women behind the camera, behind the camera was a no brainer. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, as I kind of ventured out into Hollywood, I'm like, wow, there aren't really a whole lot out there. And now you're seeing this whole movement going on right now. Right. And obviously I directed the film, but thankfully we had a woman, uh, cinematographer who's mm -hmm. super awesome. We had, um, uh, her name was Andrea Chamberlain. We had um, Susan Bradley, who used to work at Pixar and has been a title designer in Hollywood. How and did she, you um, get a hold of all of these people? So that's a good question. And and, and really where that comes from is just... Networking or... Just kind of living life and meeting people. Okay. Because um, networking is a tricky one. And I feel like networking for networking's sake doesn't always work you know? yeah I, I've encountered people who are like you know you meet them at a bar and it's like pretty obvious they're trying to network with you like they're trying to get something right out of you. right and so uh, yeah <laughs> and I've experienced that too where it's just like you want something more organic and mm -hmm. you want like the chemistry and something to or more energy your energy has to match in order to work with each other well, right look at how why I'm here right how we met mm -hmm. we met randomly in San Francisco and now here I am. Right, yeah, right. Here we are. Yeah. So that was that was fun. Yeah. Um. So just a brief little um how I met Billy. Um. I met him in line at Candytopia. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. And you um actually uh taped my daughter and I going through the whole maze and right. or filmed, I should say. Yeah. And that was fun and she was getting <laughs> a little annoyed. <laughs> I probably would have if I were her age too. But let's, we had let's be fun. Honest. <laughs> I've never actually been to anything like that. So it was actually very fun and yeah. you you made it very fun and unique and it was just a great experience overall yeah that's what I try to do I mean anytime I do a video or film production um, you know a lot of times you're asking favors of people to work with you and if you're not paying them you know or I mean hopefully you are but oftentimes you're not when you're an independent filmmaker you know they're doing you a favor helping you out or you donating know. their time yeah and there's got to be something in it for them and you know I don't know if every filmmaker who's an independent filmmaker will operates this way but I like my my productions to be a lot of fun and I'm always thinking about other people's time. And so, you know, I, I plan ahead a lot so that I'm not, you know, going off on too many tangents and that kind of thing. Everything. <laughs> Just so saying. it's actually, that's okay. <laughs> um, what I mean is, you know, if there is someone that is going to be late, you know, then you have a backup plan to be like, hey, well, we could do this while we're waiting for this person. And right. We're, we're just not going to let it stress us out. We're just going right. to get it done and figure it out. Right. And that's how I like to roll on my productions. And um, I like your style. Yeah. Likewise. Sweet. Okay. So um, now let's get, let's talk a little bit more about Billy. Okay. Who is Billy? How are you as a person? Are you an introvert? Are you an 
ex what is it extrovert yeah that's an interesting one and um well who like what is your what type of music do yeah. you have kids are you married i so i guess i'll begin at the beginning um i was born in santa rosa and um you know I, we don't have to go down too down deep down this tangent but my childhood was a little tricky and that actually was what it helped inspire me to make the shepherd's gate film i mean i think that's one of the reasons why i connected with you yeah mm -hmm. yeah and i actually am not going to go into too much no. detail no, because no, well actually because i might i'd like to make a movie about someday fucking literally can i be in it oh uh, yeah and i don't i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to spoil the ending yeah but i will say that yeah there was some traumatic stuff that happened in my childhood and, and it's not as bad as you know some people have experienced it's not as bad as you might imagine but it's also not as great as you might hope where like i wasn't abused I, there was nothing there was no sexual but that, that is, yeah like that. But, but that but that's still trauma right it, there was stuff going on with my mom mm -hmm. and that's what i'm going to say and long story short she's no longer with us she passed away when i was starting senior year in high school mm -hmm. and that's that's all i'm going to give she wasn't really much I in the picture that. and so um i respect because that. you know what's the rest of it well hopefully i'll make a movie someday that'll tell you that story <laughs> <laughs> i like <laughs> wink, that wink. i like that now i mean can we you know that i'm very passionate about mental health and yeah. bringing mental health awareness right and shedding more light on that um is that something that you're willing to expose about um sure yeah that that did play a part of the picture okay so yeah we can talk about that yeah yeah okay one of the things that um billy uh was kind enough to expose that part of himself is that his mom did suffer from mental health and yeah. we'll just leave it as that but um you know it, it, it played a huge part into why you have moved forward into uh, directing films like yeah. Shepherd's Gate, the film. Is that correct? Yeah. I So children, you know, I didn't understand this being a child, of course. They, right. they have remarkable ways of finding devices to deal with trauma, mm -hmm. whatever that trauma is. You know, in my case, it was my mom and her, her mental health issues and... Um, uh, so I watched a lot of TV, a mm -hmm. lot, a lot of Star Trek, a lot of Full House, a lot of I love Full House. Who's the boss? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Perfect Strangers. If anyone remembers oh my that God, show, yes, I was all about TGIF. Mm -hmm. um, I did not watch Save the By the Bell. I you didn't, didn't? No, I, and oh I didn't watch. I didn't watch Fresh Prince either. Did I, okay. What was your favorite cartoon? Um, God, I had a lot. I love Tom and Jerry. I love DuckTales. I oh love, my God, that's yeah. my favorite. DuckTales, oh, yeah. woo. -hoo. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> in fact, my kids love that song. They love the show. So it's nice to know that the How stuff. How many kids do you have? I have three. Three? Yeah. Ages? Uh, well, I'm in the thick of it. My <laughs> oldest boy is five. My daughter is three now. And my newborn baby well not so newborn anymore he's eight months yeah sweet baby jesus you have your hands full you could say that yeah so it's really good i got the film done when i did because now it's just about marketing it and showing it i'm not right. worried about making it right right and um yeah i watched a lot of tv 
And the good news is that helped me in my career. But just to give you a little bit of my struggle is that I had a very healthy fantasy life. And sometimes it was tough to break out of that. And, you know, my comfort zone was pretty. So you, you said, am I an introvert? Am I an extrovert? I was very much an introvert. But I've learned to be more of an extrovert. But I've I've heard people say that if you're an introvert, you're always an introvert. Just sometimes you're an introvert, but you have learned to be acting like an extrovert when really you're an introvert. Like, I guess where that comes in is that, you know, introverts can be extrovertive and be social and be dynamic. And, you know, I'm talking just fine. I don't feel shy at all, but I'll have to like take a break and kind of recharge my social battery, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. It's funny because it's like, you know, I mean, I know you as a person and as a friend and I mean, you are, you are goofy. (laughs) You are seriously goofy. Like every picture of Billy, he's either like being goofy behind the camera or, you know, being silly on set. See, (laughs) (laughs) there's just no, (laughs) there's just no, you don't take life that serious. And that's one of the things that I enjoy about you. And that's one of the things that I love about you is that you just kind of, I don't know, maybe you don't trip too much. Well, I really appreciate that. Um, I, I have my moments, you know, Oh yeah. Just like everyone does. I'm human. Of course. Right. But yeah, I, I think that I've just, I've learned a lot over the years. Whereas if you had met me when I was in high school, you'd have a very different opinion. Or if you met me when I was in elementary school, you'd have a very different opinion. Were you the goofy kid? I was. No, I had a sense of humor always. Mm -hmm. But I just, I I just, I really struggled with a lot of social dynamics. Like I never, I I always had friends. But, you know, like I was kind of alluding to earlier, I you know, when I was in high school, I wasn't out partying with the cool kids. I was making movies with my friends. Right. What kind of movies? Um, well, a lot of Star Wars fan films. Um, any skateboarding? Any? So it's, you, you so are it is about funny my age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're the same age. And right. um, so there was a lot of skateboarding going on. I did not skateboard, but my friends did. So they were always making skateboard videos, and I was always there, but I did not. I did not skateboard myself. Have you watched that film? Um, the 90s or about the 90s not yet oh my I, I, god that is great. such a good I, movie I and not only that but i can actually relate a lot of it you know to my childhood because okay. a, i mean when i was in the when i was in the 90s when i was you know 14 15 i would walk outside of my front door and i've said this plenty of times on my podcast that I walk outside of my front door and there's people, I mean, there's kids breakdancing, you know, skateboarding, tagging, you know, or, you know, what is it? Um, They would uh, sag their pants Uh, and sagging, bagging, berry. Right, right. But I mean, it it was just that era that just, and when I seen that movie, it gave me a breath of fresh air. It was just like, ah. Oh, totally. Took me back. I mean, the barrettes and everything. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of weird seeing all of those trends come back. Totally. When I saw flat tops coming back, I was like, what? Wow. Flat tops I, is coming back? Well, they had. Like, there, I saw them coming back oh. earlier. 
and um i actually just caught wind of you know my wife she um she is an advisor um at the chapter of her sorority at berkeley and she just found out that the girls are going to throw a a 2000s party and i'm like what we're retroing the 2000s already like so what does no that entail way. is everyone going to be wearing frosted tips and oh, uh, god. Lis- listening to blink 182 and lincoln park <laughs> and everything which are all bands it, i love oh my god i love those bands yeah, yeah. and um yeah are they good it feels like just yesterday what else what else constitutes 2000s um long sleeve polo shirts i think that, I, I, that was, no not even that yeah. i mean maybe justin timberlake and the frosted uh, yeah, tips yeah, 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 i mean yeah. I, he was dating britney spears yeah, yeah i just I, maybe britney yeah <laughs> by the way she's my idol britney oh. if you're watching <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned that so i hated that music when i was oh, in high school but now i love it well now i love it and um, we actually once made a Star Wars fan film where it was a, just a stupid, silly thing. And it's there we're fighting with lightsabers. And then one of the ways that the character antagonizes the other is by playing Britney Spears baby one more time because we didn't like it at the time. We were making fun of it. Uh-huh. But then later on in life, I started to get more into music like that. See? Yeah. She's the bomb. Oh, you don't totally. even know. She's a great performer. I've seen her oh, in totally. concert a couple times. And so I'm, have I. Really? Yeah. Wow. I saw her at the Staples Center. Nice. I seen her in San Jose when during her circus tour. Oh, cool. And um, that was when I saw her. Really? Yeah. And we got like VIP where it's like you can walk all around the stage and stuff like that. I did not get that. That is pretty cool. <laughs> See? Our, our seats were pretty far away, unfortunately. I, she got so close. I can smell her. Nice. Yeah. How did she smell? Amazing. Good. If I was gay, I would totally, yeah. Yeah. Good to know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll cut that out (laughs) just in case anybody, you know. (laughs) I'm I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just don't want like Shepard's Gate to see it. You know what I mean? So, well, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, I'm here because I directed a film based on Shepherd's Gate, but I am by no means one of their spokespeople. Okay. I mean, they, they're not worried about what I say or okay. do as far as my own stuff is concerned. I just, I think the disclaimer I have is that, um, you know, I don't officially work for them. I've learned a lot about them and they have graciously given me their blessing to make the film I wanted to make with a couple of, you know, variations. There, there were a few things they wanted to have changed. But, you know, um, I could tell you about them, but I don't know the inner workings and I don't want to speak for them. So, you know, we can talk about whatever we want. Right. And I've been in touch with um, the gal that you put me in touch with. Oh, great. And so, Kristen? yeah, great. It, we, we've we only, I've been so busy this week. She's emailed me twice and I just haven't had a chance to um, get back to her. But well, that's great. She got back together and she's pretty busy too. Yeah. So. And she's, um, she's actually listened to my podcast and stuff. Great. And so I'm just, I'm eager to start working with people after this event is over yeah um i'm still piecing together the you know the the final pieces um before saturday so i've been super busy but i made time just totally. for you thank you um so let's get back to shepherd's gate the yeah. film yeah so tell me about uh the characters i know that i was moved yeah well why don't you tell me what what you think the film is about I without thought, trying to give, not give away the ending, but I want to hear your take on it. I thought it was just empowering in general. I thought 
there was a couple of times where I was confused, not confused, but I was just like, oh my God, like the girl, um, the, the blonde, blonde, yeah, the blonde, the blonde, blonde. Monica, right? Yeah. Um, she seemed like she was hard to read in the yeah. in the movie. You that know what was I mean? On purpose. Yeah, she was really hard to read, and totally she came on. Off, she came off a little stuck up, I guess. Totally on purpose. Okay, okay. I, I just don't want to say the wrong thing, but this is just my opinion. Yeah. Um, but then she she turned out to be, and I don't know if this is going to give away the ending. We can cut this out, but or not the ending, but give away yeah. anything. Um, but she turned out to be so warm and open hearted. Very good. Yeah. Totally on purpose. So yeah. I, w- I was moved. I was really moved. I'm and, glad. And the other gal, um, what's her name? Beth. Um, yes. Yeah, the brunette. Mm-hmm. She was firm. Yes. She was firm and she was strong and bold. And this is just what I want. And I'm sorry that, yeah. you know, and so I love that. So for people that. who are curious, she's demanding a raise from mm-hmm. Monica. Monica is her boss at this company. And... Um, She's not getting any satisfaction out of her. And the kind of the movie is about, you know, what, what's going to happen next. I mean, uh, you know, who is, who is coming out on top? Who is, who's right about this situation? Does Beth deserve the raise? Does she not? Is Monica, you know, this privileged, rich, you know, executive who just doesn't care. Right. And she was just hard to read. That was totally on purpose. And I can actually even explain where that How is she from. as a person? So, yeah, Monica is based on a real person. Mm-hmm. Her name is Nicole Castro, and she is someone that I work for at um, at uh, the company I work for. It's called Robert Half. Um, and uh, the, the company we use in the film is totally fabricated. I made up a fictional company because I just didn't want to open a can of worms of, you know, I didn't want to dilute the storytelling. I didn't want to, you know, have people think I was making, you know, inferences about Robert Half, which I wasn't. I didn't wanted to focus just on the story of this character and Shepherd's Gate. And um, uh, what what the deal, though, is like where it comes into my play, like I sort of told you about my childhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'd done all right for myself, but it got to the point where let's, I'm going to take you back six years ago. I think it was six years ago. What year is it again? 2020? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, actually, it was eight years ago now. Wow. Eight years ago, my wife and I were living in separate cities. I was down in Los Angeles. She Were was you up- guys married? Yes. And wow. she was up here in the Bay Area. Wow. And, and you guys were married? Yeah, because what happened was we were living in L.A. and she wasn't finding full-time work because, you know, it was pretty soon after the recession oh, God, had yeah. ended. And... Um, she is a teacher mm-hmm. or now she's a vice principal, but she just wasn't finding anything permanent down in LA. And we wanted to start a family and get a house. And basically the only way we could feasibly make it happen was to come back up to the Bay area. Cause it's the is where most our, our expensive. Were. Well, it wasn't at the time that I knew of mm-hmm. LA was expensive as well. And we were living in Hermosa beach, renting a house. Um, oh, wow. We had roommates. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a sweet place to live, but it was not somewhere we could start a family. And we, could not afford to buy a house there, obviously, uh-huh. especially just on my salary. And um, and uh, so we were living in a rich area, but we were not rich ourselves. And um, so 
she managed to get a job up here first and it took me like a year to find something up here. And, um, the thing is, is that I was getting pretty desperate to find a job and I managed to happen upon this company, Robert half. And, um, I interviewed with them and, um, I met Nicole Castro and I was really impressed with her instantly. And I even heard the recruiters talking like, Oh, everybody wants to be on our team. Everybody loves her. She's like this, you know, very professional and, you know, empowered person and also an, an empowering person. Like, all right, cool. Sounds like someone. So what did, what was and, your position there? Well, that's the thing. I didn't have one yet. And I was going for a, like a web UX design job. And, um, I think that, when I interviewed, she sensed that I was kind of more into video and that kind of thing. And maybe I wasn't the best fit for the role. And so I didn't wind up getting the job. And for the longest time, I had no idea why. And I kind of, I kind of like built up this false narrative in my head of like, okay, what, what did I say to her? Like, did I look at her the wrong way? Did I, right. did I say the wrong thing? You're you know, right. I mean, did I say something offensive? And yeah. I just got all built up at, and meanwhile, I got a different job and I worked at the wall street journal for a while. And then when I, when my wife finally was pregnant with our first kids, like I got to move on from the wall street journal and get a more, you know, job that's not going to take as much time and get something that's more stable for, you know, raising a family and, and opening at Robert half came up and I was like, okay, great. But I'm nervous about seeing Nicole again. Cause I just haven't, I just had this narrative built up in yeah. my head that she had it out for me. <laughs> she and beheaded you. <laughs> so this is where the whole thing about Monica was like, you're not really sure how to mm-hmm. get a read on her. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I didn't have an accurate read on her. And then when I started working there, I kind of got to know her and like, you know what? I think I was wrong, but I still was a little scared. was a little, not really sure. And, and and that's then, kind of how the other actor was towards her too. Yeah. In one of the, in one of the scenes, she was just like kind of hesitant on you know um, having that conversation with her. Yeah. You know? So that character, that woman, is essentially based on me. Oh. In a way, where I but I didn't actually I never did anything. Did I, you, I did never you I, like I, demand a raise. I did not demand a raise. It never <laughs> got that antagonist. That's 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 the false part. That's where the that's where the 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 fiction comes in mm-hmm. for storytelling purposes, you know, to make it a movie, right? To make it work right. as a Hollywood type thing, you know, you got to mm-hmm. have conflict and that kind of thing, and right. and um, you know, as I was working there, and then she started, you know, saying, "Hey, you know what? If you ever need talk about anything, you know, just my door's open." I'm like, really? She's a vice president. She's an executive. We really can just go talk to her about whatever. And so, you know, what? I'm going to give it a shot. And so I did. What did and, you talk to her about? Well, I was working on some marketing pitches, uh, some videos that I wanted to pitch to the marketing team. And so I wanted to get her guidance because I knew she worked at the company for a long time. Like she had basically built her, our department with her bare hands and everyone just, you know, that from my perspective, you know, they don't follow her because it's their job to. They follow her because they want to. And one then, of the things, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, no but I have to say this. One of the things that I love about the film is that her character not her character but the um beth is it beth yeah the the, the, the brunette br- one yeah yeah she was very empowering to me because yeah. i'm very um i'm a people pleaser right. but at the same time it's like i get really nervous when i want something or i get very prideful 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was really it was really nice to see a girl just be strong yes. and go after what she wants. There's something to yeah. be said about women like that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as you're kind of sort of hinted at that Monica, I think, appreciated that too in the film, but just that, but you're not really sure how to get that read on her. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's the way it was with Nicole being the head of our department. I was, it was tough for me to get a read on her. And then I just started having meetings with her and realized she's totally cool. She's totally cool. Yeah. You're tripping over nothing. I was literally tripping over nothing. So it was, she was just intimidating. Well, it was intimidating to me because, because of the way I sex, grew up Yeah, and the way, you know, I just sort of felt like, okay, here's a, a person. I don't want to say a woman or a man, just a person in power who's got it together. And I'm, you know, little miss, little Mr. Whoever Joe like, Schmo, had, Joe Schmo had you Billy know, Schmo. a tricky childhood. How am I ever going to live up to this? Right. When I, then I found out from another coworker why she encourages us to do service projects at Shepherd's Gate. And when I found out the reason, which I'm not going to say, because I don't want to ruin the film, I was floored. I mean, my world crashed down upon me and not just about, you know, work and my perception of her, but just life in general. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, how wrong was I? I had this narrative built up in that she was basically devil wears Prada without the devil. Right. And... You know, she she kind of came off that way. That's totally on purpose. Yeah, because totally I want the like, audience to think that. Yeah, and then do you find out is that really the truth or not? Right, and I I have to say I was, yeah, the ending was amazing. Thank you. And I it's something that empowered me in my own journey. You know what I mean? That's and, really really grateful for me to hear because I want to that's was the intention and I'm I'm on this journey of you know getting these women together and get, you know rebuilding back their confidence and their strength and stuff like that yeah. and um to see a movie like that it was refreshing and it was just like I I, I fucking got this yeah you know so you. yeah absolutely I'm I'm so excited and do you want to give any like details maybe sure yeah like about how to see the film and mm -hmm. that kind of thing yeah um well, so I guess talked about Shepherd's Gate a little bit. The film is called Shepherd's Gate um, because, you know, it involves the fact that these characters are going to do a service project at a women's shelter, which that's that's the true part of the story uh, or part of it. And um, Shepherd's Gate, you know, they're, they're a women's shelter in Livermore, and they also have a campus in Brentwood, and they have serviced, like, I think the amount of women and children they have helped in terms of fleeing addiction and homelessness and domestic violence is in the tens of thousands wow. and it's very amazing what they do. And, um, what I just love the idea of perpetrating their message. Cause I think personally, you know, I, the, the CEO of Shepherd's Gate, Carol Patterson actually even asked me, like, I want to know, like what personally, why are you invested in this? And I told her like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who learned that you don't want to dwell on what could have happened. That's, never constructive but it still creeps into my mind if my mom had found a place like shepherd's gate oh for sure maybe things would turn out differently than exactly her. So, one of the reasons why i um partnered up with turning point um 
empowerment center here in Modesto is because if I would have known that those resources were available to me when I was, you know, when I was before I went through my 5150, before I went through my divorce or during my divorce, it would have saved me a, a hell of a lot of pain. Yeah. B, I would have had like a support system. And C, I would have like, I would have probably had a lot more therapy sooner right. than later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know any of those um, resources were available to me. And I didn't know how to get them and I didn't know how to ask for them. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I'm hoping to accomplish with this thing is to let you know there are places that people can go to. And, you know, there there are women and children that have had it worse than you. Oh, for sure. Where they don't even have the tools to even know how to ask for help. And or, and it's just really sad, or they're just not, because it's so downplayed. Yeah. You know, where it's just like it's hush hush, you know, no one talks about that or you don't want to tell your, you know, you don't want to air out your dirty laundry or whatever the case may be. Some people are just, you know, shamed into not saying anything. And I can actually relate to that, too. I mean, in a different way, because right after I graduated from college, the summer after I graduated from college was a rough one because I hadn't. I hadn't properly grieved for the what happened with my mom in the most appropriate way, and I kind of exploded, and I didn't even really realize the gravity it had on me, and I I actually had to undergo therapy myself, and I still see a therapist, mm-hmm. and you know I think that everyone this, needs therapy. Well, the the stigmas that are placed on is like oh only crazy people can see therapists, or only people who just are obsessed with you know, their problems and don't want to fix them, go to see therapists. It's not, I don't think that's true. Yeah. Or they think that they can fix them. It opens so many doors for me Mm -hmm. because the number one thing that I was struggling with is that, you know, just let's be honest. I had trouble forming relationships with women because, and you know, I had the complications with my mom. It doesn't take a genius to figure that, but I didn't have the tools to understand that. And, you know, smash cut today. I'm married and have three kids. Right. So, um, I don't think there's any shame in going to seek help, whether it's from a therapist or from a women's shelter or whatever. And um, the good news I have for everybody too is that they can see the film starting next month, March 16th, in um, what's called the First Glance Film Festival's short uh, film contest. And uh, go to the website shepgatefilm.com and you'll be able to check this out and see if you have the same experience Juliet had seeing the film. And we'll go ahead and yeah. um, install the link on um, our website Great. as well as give uh, Shepherd's Gate, the film, uh, a whole new page Thank you. on our website. And um, also, too, we'll uh, hyperlink uh, Mr. Billy here. <laughs> Thank we've you. had a couple Billies on our show. Oh, cool. Yeah, we've yeah. had uh, Billy Flynn, uh, which is Wu Ting's. Um, oh, right. I saw that. Yeah, saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The attorney, which he is. He's a multiviral quote, inspirational quote. I, I don't know. Anyway, it does motivate motivational quotes? Yes, yeah. but it, they've been multiviral. Oh, cool. And um, he's a great guy. But yeah, we'll go ahead and um, 
hyperlink shepherd's gate and then hyperlink of the film and then hyperlink um what mr billy is all about and um do you have a website your own i website? do it's a uh, media by billy.com but go to the shepherd's gate film website first for now yeah and then and then if you want to know more about me you can go to media by billy.com or if you want to know more about shepherd's gate themselves their website is shepgate.org and uh, you can find out how you can donate to them if you want to support a nice women's shelter that does amazing things. Um, what type even, of resources? So you don't even have to donate money. Like they're looking for anything. They're taking diapers and toys and clothes and stuff like that. So if you got a bunch of stuff lying around your house that you want to donate to a good cause, just go give them a visit out in Livermore and drop it off at their thrift store. Nice. Um, is there anything else that you want to share? Uh, that pretty much covers it, unless there's anything you're really wanting to know, because I'm an open uh, let's, book. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about a little, how, give me a little bit of your background. Like what, yeah. what kind of big things have you done? So, um, because you're pretty experienced. Yeah. I've been doing my career for, gosh, I mean, if you include the years in high school when I was doing the videos with my friends, it's like almost 30 years now. Um, I mean, I'm almost 40, so I guess maybe 35 years, but professionally I've been doing what I do, um, for about, uh, let's say starting 2003. So what is that? 17 years. Um, and, um, so yeah, I, I went to the USC film school and that was my first major accomplishment. Um, and also I want to say really too, like, you know, if anybody wants to be a filmmaker, you know, whether you're a woman seeking empowerment or anybody. I edit it, my own. Films. Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> you can make a movie yourself mm -hmm. and it's easier than ever these days. You know, you just need a camera or your a, phone and a, you know, just, or your phone and a, and a computer and you just make it and you put it out on YouTube. Um, so the fact that I went to the film school at USC doesn't technically make me any more qualified to be a movie director than, a kid with a camera and a computer and a really good sense of storytelling. But how do you, you but, piece together your films? So that's that's the thing is that like that takes a lot of time and practice and you can actually get that formal training at the USC film school and also learn to refine your craft as a storyteller. And that's the reason why I still find it beneficial that I went, even though I just said this thing about how you can be a filmmaker if you have the right vision, even if you didn't get a degree from the USC film school. Um, and, uh, the way I approach it is actually pretty hard to explain because I have just, my brain has been attuned to putting them together. So, um, if, if you're talking about editing, like snipping the videos mm -hmm. clips together, that is just something that's just become second nature oh to God. me because I have been doing it since high school and, you know, I obviously was not very good then. Sweet baby um, Jesus. Someone for, okay, for someone like you, it would take you about an hour. For someone like me, it takes me about four days. Yeah. And like, um, it's insane. I'm pretty fast, too. I, and that where I, how I became so fast was because I taught video editing for journalism students at USC after I graduated for a number of years. That was a fun job. It was actually where I also supervised the radio production studio, which is why I'm so impressed with the setup you got here. And, um, <laughs> Do you but, think uh, I'm doing good? <laughs> absolutely. And you're hearing that someone, someone who has an audio engineering background and actually taught radio production at USC, the technical stuff at least. And um, 
the thing is, is that I got even faster because I wound up working for the Wall Street Journal for two years, and we were churning out like four or five videos a day um, in the San Francisco Bureau. And that was a super exciting job, but it was really stressful. I wouldn't trade the experience for the world. I met a lot of great contacts and that's actually where I met Michael Kofsky, who was my producer on Shepherd's Gate for the Los Angeles unit of filming. And that's where I met Andrea Chamberlain, who is his wife. So to address your earlier question, Mm -hmm. how did I meet all these people? I just, you meet them from going about your career and he had a passion for filmmaking on the side. He was working on being a director in Los Angeles because he had left the Wall Street Journal. He was still free- freelancing for them. That's how I met him in San Francisco. And we worked on a film called GPS that had the same actress that's in Shepherd's Gate mm-hmm. um, about five or six years ago. And I met Andrea. And um, She seems like, I mean, off, off the um, set, she seems like she is a little fireball. Oh, she, um, Andrea, I, she has this picture on her Instagram, this badass picture of her standing in a desert with a big camera on her shoulder. Like, you know, I'm a, that's awesome. I'm a woman director of photography and don't mm-hmm. fuck with me. That's <laughs> yeah, so awesome. it's a pretty cool picture. I don't even know if that's really the message she was trying to convey with the picture, but that's what I got from it. All right. And, um, But she seemed very strong and powerful and bold. Yeah. 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 And she's very talented. I mean, you've seen the film. The cinematography is amazing. And um, so I worked at the Wall Street Journal for two years and got to do all these exciting things. I mean, it was a very sexy job. It it was great. It just, it was so much that it it was just a lot of stress. And so I had to get out of it. It was just too much. Was it the deadlines? Yeah. And also I never wanted to be a journalist. Like, and I had to function as a journalist. Like I don't like the, I don't like the moral obligation of like, well, why is this news? And this isn't that kind of thing. So I actually sought a lot of guidance from my bosses in New York, which I'm super thankful for. Like every time I wrote a script for a video, I had them vet it, you know, and check it and make sure it worked for the, for news and for the journal. And, um, I got to meet a lot of cool people. I met MC Hammer. I met Will. I am, I met, um, uh, Cheryl Sandberg from Facebook. Uh, and she was amazing. I I don't know. Cheryl Sandberg is the, uh, chief, I think the chief operating officer, I could have that wrong of Facebook. You're actually and, wearing um, a Facebook sweater today. Oh, it's actually where I bought it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought it when I was there because we actually filmed an interview with her and the head of the Girl Scouts of America. I was the only guy on the crew. And when we were done filming, she's like, she shook my hand. She's like, I just love the fact that you're here. You know, you're, you're a dude with a bunch of women making this video with nice. us. and you're so chill. I'm like, all right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got to meet, um, the guy who won the America's cup for sailing. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, I got to see Levi stadium before open. We did a video there. I got to do a fun video at, um, at, uh, AT&T. I guess now it's Oracle park where the giants, San Francisco Mm -hmm. giants play where we did this fun video about the seagulls, how they, they always swoop in during during the seventh inning stretch and poop on everybody because they're there to steal all the food mm-hmm. that people leave behind. So I got to do a lot of cool things. I you know, got to go to the iPhone events. And so I wouldn't trade the experience for the world, and I met so many great people. I wouldn't go back to it, though, because it was just a lot of work. How was the pay? 
Oh, it was fine. Um, yeah. In fact, yeah, the benefits are pretty good too. But knowing that I had a family coming on the way, I needed more. So that's yeah. why I, I moved on. And now yeah. I met Robert Half. And I met even more people. Aside from getting to know Nicole better and getting the inspiration to make Shepherd's Gate, I met more people on the team that I work on there who also um, love filmmaking and they're super talented. They actually worked on Shepherd's Gate. Um, we worked on some other films that we did. Um, my co-producer, Chris DePretis, he directed in tongue-in-cheek indie a horror film called Death Blood 4, which is super fun. Totally different than Shepherd's is it, Gate. Is it like a, is it a B movie? Yes. Okay, so Meant to be Mi- a Mikael loves B movies. All right, well, we have to check it out. Loves All them, right. loves them, loves them. Okay. Sometimes I'm like, what the fuck are we watching? And he's like, oh my God, oh, this is I, fucking hilarious. This is totally up his alley then. It's about... <laughs> It takes place in Pleasanton, California. A nanorobotic killer blood virus has been reawoken to uh, take the town by storm. So, <laughs> yeah. No, he likes like the, I don't know. What I say, they're not X-rated. They're like PG-13, like boob apocalypse or fucking some there's no boobs in this one unfortunately but you know <laughs> but they're cool, fun they're actually like he bust up laughing like <laughs> i mean like it's the like it's bugs bunny and fucking roadrunner or something <laughs> yeah they're, they're this this film that he made is, is a lot of fun it's 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 one of those things where the characters in the film take it all very seriously, but you as the audience are not necessarily meant to because <laughs> all these ridiculous things like there's a Bigfoot, right. there's a Sasquatch in it. And <laughs> yeah, so Mike, if you want to check it out, check out Death Blood 4, the revenge of the nanorobotic killer blood virus who has some of the same people that worked on Shepherd's Gate and appeared in Shepherd's Gate. Nice. Now, yeah. can you find that on like Amazon or? So at, that's also going through festival submission. So okay. we did a private screening of that. Well, I, well, I say, should say Chris DePredis did. I, I edited it and I was the script supervisor on it. And um so I helped out. Um, he did a screening of it in Livermore um, back in September, and he packed the theater. They put the name on the marquee. It was pretty awesome. And nice. It's kind of similar to Shepherd's Gate. We're waiting to see where that's going to premiere to the public. Um, Shepherd's Gate you're going to be able to see in this online festival. Um, Death Blood, we're still waiting to hear what's where that's going to show. But you can check out the trailer. And um, there's a website, there's an IMDb page, and uh, yeah, it's another film that I worked on, That, but uh, I just wasn't the brainchild behind it. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it was a pleasure having you. Always a pleasure, Juliet. Thank you so Mr. much for having me. Mr. Billy Higgins. Miss Juliet. How do you actually, how do you pronounce your last name? Okay, we don't actually say my last oh, name. Oh, then never mind. It's just Juliet. Then it's Juliet. It. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. Juliet. <laughs> no, but Juliet. it was a pleasure having you. And you know that you're welcomed anytime, even if you want to come and have a drink and, you know, or mimosa. I might have to bring the kids in tow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we have a swing. We right. have a trampoline. Our park, we call our backyard the park. Cool. Well, so, it's definitely a lovely backyard. Yeah. <laughs> so you're more than welcome to bring the whole crew. Um, and, you know, keep in touch with me. And, you know, now you are a part of, officially a part of Broken Girls Family. Love it love thank it you. i love having you so thank you again once again once again once again i'm sorry i just have to 
you know, give you a little bit more extra love. Thank you. <laughs> for coming on my show. And until next time, this is Broken Girl Unchained.